0: This is for you, the online business owner who wants to maximize your profit and multiply your impact. I'm Shanna, host of the Community Creators Podcast. I've spent over a decade helping top brands and entrepreneurs create thriving communities that increase their reach, retention, and revenue. This podcast is where I share my best insights and invite you into conversations with the world's leading community creators and cultivators. So grab your favorite mug, fill it up, and let's get started. Hey friends, I'm super excited to have you joining me for today's podcast episode where my friend Matt McWilliams is gonna be sharing a few things with us. First, he is an absolute expert when it comes to affiliates and affiliate management, which is how I came into Matt's world. We worked with some of the same people, me on the community side, him on the affiliate side, and we're gonna to talk today about how those two things merge and align. So if you've ever wondered, how do I get the people inside of my programs that love me to become really great referral partners, Matt's gonna help us break that down and help us see how we can do that and how we can set them up for success. But more importantly, Matt is somebody that I have gone to to say, hey, I see how you're running your business. Can we talk about this? Like, tell me what you're doing. Because he loves his life. He loves his business. He loves the people that he serves. Whereas a lot of people in this industry, you know, they build something that they don't love. And he has written a book called Turn Your Passions into profits that is coming out soon may already be out by the time you're listening to this and so we're going to talk a little bit about that book how you can get your hands on it and i'm sure he's going to give us some insight into how you can start and run a successful online business so matt hey it's so good to chat with you again
1: oh my gosh what an intro can you like just come on other shows and do that for me that'd be awesome that's it <laughs> thank uh, you i'll, I'll, I'll who's just, excited I'll just be here. the
0: hype girl this yeah, awesome. I'll just be the okay. heck girl. It'll be so fun. Okay, so my intro question for everybody that comes on this podcast is tell me a little bit about your favorite community you've ever been a part of, other than your own, and what you loved about it. And I love because I gave you this warning, and you're like, oh, Shanna, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to
1: answer this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you did, Shanna. I was like, I'm an introvert. Now, it's so funny. Like, I, I remember years ago, This actually 20 years ago, almost to the day. I was in a uh, kind of in a leadership training program that lasted like 18 weeks or something. And we were in Greensboro, North Carolina. And I'd been with this group for a a whole day. And the thing that people need to, I'm a weird kind of personality in that once I'm comfortable with a group of people, I'm the life of the party. So I'm with this group for a whole day. The next day they release our Myers-Briggs scores. And this is like every personality test I've ever taken says the same thing. I'm an introvert. And the one guy just added, like the one guy, Chip, he goes, BS. But he, you know, he said bovine scatology, right? He said the whole thing. (laughs) And I was like, why would you say that? And he's like, you are not an introvert. I'm like, I really am. And so we could talk more about that, but I am an actual introvert. Like by nature, I don't like community. Now, once I'm in the community, then I'm like, oh my gosh, thank God for this community. And so I would say the, I probably have an interesting answer in that there, I've been part of many good masterminds, great business things, communities that I could point to and go, that made me millions of dollars and that's great. But the, probably the best community I've ever been a part of was my college golf team. University of Tennessee, it's when I look at like our daughter's soccer team now and I look at some of the, you know, the issues that they've had gelling as a team. And then I look at my experience in college with my team and I go, wow, I, I want that for her. This is a team we spent, we went to all kinds of events together. We, we, like, we sat with each other at the football games. We'll stood at the football games. You didn't sit when, you're, you know, sit when you're in college, right? You know, we stormed the field together when Tennessee beat Florida. And I'm the only one who got in trouble, though, because I was the only one who hung off the goalpost. That's a whole different story. Oh, yeah.
0: I saw that you picture <laughs> recently because of the big Tennessee-Alabama win. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah, I've been that. I've been that guy before. Yeah, i
1: been in Sports Illustrated twice. Once for something related to golf and once for hanging off the goalpost. Got in a lot of trouble for that. But we hung out all the time in workouts. We support each other. We cheered each other. We competed with each other. I think that's an important part in a way. But it was a healthy competition. I remember one time there was a guy on our team, Rio Fukami. Rio was the fastest. I was the second fastest, at least when we would do sprints. And it – just irked at me. So here's what I did. We knew we were running 10 of the, they're called gassers. You run to the 10 and back, the 20 and back, the 30 and back, the 40 and back. And coach came and he was watching. He always would show up like the last two or three. So here's what I did. I paced myself on the first seven so that I could really go. So I was finishing way behind, not like dead last, but like fifth and sixth on the team so that I could bust it on that last one. I kid you not, I was like, I paced it. I was only about five yards behind him. And that last 40, I flew and I beat him for the first (laughs) time all year. And I was like, yeah, he was the first one to come congratulate me. He's like, dude, that was awesome. So the way that we pushed each other and we celebrated each other, uh, whether it be in workouts or at the tournaments, like we were always supporting each other. To me, that's, that's what community is. We were learning from each other. You know, we were sharing tips with each other. We were we were helping each other. We were spotting things with each other. We would, we would go to each other's landing pages, so to speak, you know, and say, hey, what if you did, like, if you take that lesson from the golf team and apply it to a business community or any type of community, the lessons are there. And this from somebody who, again, I didn't naturally, I gravitated towards golf because it was an individual sport. I'd played basketball and, and baseball growing up. I'd played football. Part of it, I didn't want the team thing. I didn't. So I I went to golf because it was an individual sport. But here i went, going, oh my gosh, the best part of this whole thing is the team when I got to college.
0: Yeah, I love how you're connecting the dots here already, because when I hear you talking about this competitive nature and the supportive nature, it immediately reminds me of the kind of environment that you create when you build affiliate systems. Like I have seen you apply in real life what you probably learned from that golf team to the affiliate systems that you've built. And we'll get into that piece, but talk to me a little bit about how do we take when we have you know the world that i work in is how do we take our communities inside of our programs how do we make them really great experiences that get people results so that ultimately they end up talking about that program and inviting other people into it now informally people will naturally do that but your jam is helping people find affiliate partners whether they be other business owners But you also are really, really good. And I've seen you do it for Stu's community at going, hey, you have a whole sea of affiliate partners inside of your own community who know you best and want to talk about what you're doing. Yeah. Where does somebody start to go, I know these people want to talk about my program, but I'm not even sure how to ask them?
1: Yeah, I would say step zero is follow everything that you teach because if if they're not raving fans we talk about this in the book, right? Step six is create raving fans. If nobody, but raving fans are going to put their reputation on the line and promote you. So you've got to get them to that point. So I am not the expert on that. Like I'm the one who's like messaging you saying, Hey, here's what we're doing. You tell me what to do. <laughs> you know, when you started your agency, I was like, Hey, like, when is that going to happen? Cause we need help, you know? And so Follow that first of all, build raving fans. I mean, that's step zero or step one, however you want to look at it. You got to start there. The next thing you do is you got to just ask. You've got to present the opportunity. Many of them are already promoting you or they want to, like you said. So It's not that complicated. I kind of wish it was, to be honest, because we could charge more, but it's not. (laughs) It's really not. So here's what you do. You reach out to them by every means necessary. So that's the Facebook group if you've got one, you know, or whatever you're on. Mighty Networks doesn't matter. You do a public post. You do individual emails. You can even do, you know, DMs and things like that. Reach out to them one-on-one and in public. The great thing about the public one is you start to get a little bit of social proof. People are going, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And somebody's like, they're in, I guess I should be in too. So we always start with the public one. It's also just quite frankly, a really easy way to get 30, 40, depending upon the size of your community, 30, 40, 50, a hundred people just to boom sign up like that. So that's step one is you got to get the message out. Follow up, follow up, follow up. We come up with all kinds of creative ways to reach out to our customers, our community. Again, DMs, individual messages, different subject lines, including it in a PS in an email about something else, making sure that you mention it when you go live with your community. Hey, mention it, take 90 seconds and, and talk about it. Do a dedicated video. Like I mean, Again, just don't stop talking about it. Don't just send one email and be like, I asked and they didn't respond. Newsflash, they're busy. I get 300 emails a day. How many do I respond to? Ten, if I'm lucky. That means 290 are getting missed, and it's not because I'm a bad person. It's because I just don't have time. So again, follow up, follow up, follow up. We ask 10, 12, 13 times through different means. So that's number one. The second thing is, once they sign up, you know, make it a great experience for them. Make it easy, stupid easy for them. One of my, my good friends named Mars, the marketer. I don't know if you know Mars, Mars burden. So he's like eight feet tall and just a a great, he's not, he's like six, seven though. Tallest marketer I know. And he said, affiliates are lazy. His ex fiance was like, no, they're not. They're just busy either way. Lazy, busy, doesn't matter. We'll go with busy. They've got their own businesses to run. They've got 50,000 things going on that they could be doing. Promoting you is not a priority. That's the thing you have to remember if you're affiliates. It's not their number one priority. Their community, their business, their team members, their customers, that's their community, their lives, their family. All those things come before promoting you. So make it stupid easy. Here's your link. Here's some suggested swipe copy that you should tweak and fit your own voice. Here's all the graphics in one place. Very easy. By folder. Here's the Instagram folder. Here's the Twitter folder. Here's the Facebook folder. Here's the folders that have... My picture on them for my book launch, for instance, we have a bunch of affiliates. It's like, here's the testimonial pictures. So they have, you know, Michael Hyatt's picture and Kevin Harrington's picture and people, you know, Dory Clark and, and people like that. Susie Moore, they've got their pictures. Here's the pictures where I'm on it. Here's the pictures with just the book. Here's the, the folder with this. Make it so easy. They, they don't go, Hey Matt, I saw some image. I don't know where it is. No. Did it have somebody's face on it? That's not mine. Well, it would be in the folder that has those, those like make it so easy for them to find. So you got to make it super, super easy and you got to continue to follow up with them. If it's an evergreen program, you're open 7 365 periodically take what we get the world of launches. The benefits of launches are they're super exciting and there's a lot of buzz and yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a limited amount of time. Take that and apply it to even your evergreen program where, Hey, this week only, if sign up and there's something for your affiliates, whether they get an extra month free when they sign up, or you're just going to run a contest for your affiliates, something that really gets them active in a confined period of time. So make it easy, make it exciting, make your program fun. They should want to be a part of your community of affiliates. Make your apply all the principles that you're learning from Shanna to your affiliate program. I indirectly was doing that. I didn't know that. Basically, I was doing a lot of the stuff you teach. I didn't know that, but like, make it fun in there. Make it competitive. Make it educational. Teach your affiliates. Teach them what's working. I don't know if you could tell, but I love this stuff. Like, I, I could just like, oh, I could go on for like four hours. But the point, like, teach them inside in the affiliate Facebook group. Teach them via email. Hold trainings. That's something you know. When we did Stu's, I mean, that's what's worked well. If you look at the past few years with Stu, the number one thing was we get on Zoom like just like we're doing right now you know it's not through zoom but like just like we're doing right now i don't do the trainings in on facebook because in facebook they have to type the in you know type their question and you have that awkward thing where you're like i don't understand your question could you elaborate in the meantime we'll all sit here for 90 seconds and stare at each other <laughs> while we're waiting <laughs> that's so awkward so we get on Zoom and I train them. I say, here's how to put together a bonus package. Here's how to warm your audience up. Here's how to promote a webinar. Here's how to promote this. Here's how to sell on the last day. Here's how to send more emails, but not get unsubscribed. Like all these things, Shanna, you, you got to do to have a, a great affiliate program.
0: And I love how you're sharing all of this because it just reminds me of the same factors that hold so many of us back in so many areas of online business. It comes down to fear of what people are going to think, say, or do, which is, holds me back from asking, Mm -hmm. right? I never ask in the first place because I'm worried people are going to say no, or they're going to think I'm too salesy, or I'm just trying to like make more money or whatever it might be. Second is getting attention. How do we get people's attention so that they see this opportunity that we have for them to share so that they know everything that's going on? And and how do we keep their attention at the end of the day, which is what you're talking about with making sure that you keep it super simple. If it it gets complicated, it's just like in a membership program, y'all, you hear me talk about this all the time, but if you make it complicated, if you don't keep it simple for people, they feel overwhelmed, that triggers this feeling of failure, I'm not enough, I can't do enough, or it just triggers this, I ain't got time for that, and then they move on to something else. And once we've lost attention, it is so hard to get attention back. So making sure that we are asking and talking about what we're doing, which so many of us, it's like we just like hide under a bucket. We don't talk about what we're doing. Telling your members that you're launching, right? Oh, well, that's a concept instead of just, letting a 100 or a 1,000 new people into your group one day, you actually let your members know, hey, we're gonna be welcoming in a whole bunch of new people into this community, and some of those people should, should probably be some people that you know that could benefit from this community, right? So we talk about it, we ask them to participate and join in, and when we have a really clear cause, and this kind of goes back to your book, but when you're passionate about something and you have a clear cause, you're able to position it where it's not like, hey, help me make more money, help me get more people in my program. We're on a mission here as a community. Like we're yeah. we're trying to help people get more financial freedom. We're trying to help more moms be better parents or whatever it might be. Let's, let's bring people in on that. And then just the fortune is in the follow-up, right? Everybody forgets that, but the fortune is in the follow-up. which just comes back to doing yep. the work. You know, I hear in my head, I can hear somebody listening to this right now, and maybe it's you going, Mm, but yeah, that that seems like a lot of work. Yeah, people, businesses work. You know, I think sometimes we like <laughs> think we should just shake some magic fairy dust and build a business. But Matt didn't yeah. get where he is today by just, you know, wishing and hoping that he could build this business. And we'll talk a little bit more about that, but we have to be willing to to do the work. We need to go like, what is that movie? What is it, Hitch, where it's like 90-10? Like we gotta go 90% of the way so that they can come the other 10. Because if we put that, if we don't do that, if we don't create those swipe files, which are, it's email copy and social copy for those who don't know what swipe files are. If we don't give them those images that they can use, if we don't have a calendar of a clear schedule so they know what to promote when, we put that work on them. And they're not gonna do all of that work to grow our business for us. So I love how you just broke all of that down and go back, listen to that again, because he he literally just laid out for you a roadmap to a successful affiliate program, whether you're doing it with high-level business partners or referral partners or whether you're doing it with one person in your community. And can you talk just a little bit about the power that you've seen where one person inviting one person in actually does have a huge impact on a launch versus like so many of us are like, well, if if I don't have like Kate Spade as an affiliate or if I don't have Tony Robbins as an affiliate, I'm not launching an affiliate program.
1: That's such a myth. Before that, I want to share this with you because Go back to the work thing. The work is, is worth. You put in the work because it's worth it. I am not suggesting if running and rowing, and lifting weights and all that I didn't help keep me in good physical condition, I wouldn't do it. I don't enjoy it. Like, I am not one of those people who's like, oh my gosh, it feels so good to go run today. Yeah. felt terrible to go run today. I hated every moment. I, I think
0: all those people might be lying, though, really. Yeah, and
1: maybe the way, <laughs> I get it. Like, I have had a couple of times I've had a runner's high. There have been a couple of times where, actually, I've never had a runner's high. I've had like a weightlifting endorphin kick doing a workout where I was just like, the last 30 minutes, I was like, whoa, what just happened? I spaced out and got like, felt like really amazing. That's happened a few times. Most of the time, I don't like it, but it the result is worth it. So let me tell you what I have spent. Before we got on this call, I spent 12 minutes doing what I'm about to share, and I also spent about 45 minutes doing it earlier today. I spent an hour and a half at my daughter's soccer practice doing it last night. I spent an hour during the day yesterday, and I hate every moment of it. It's not in my desire zone. All right, this is straight out of my drudgery zone of work that I am both bad at and hate doing. You go, why would you do it? Because it has to be done. And there are times we just have to do things in our business. I hate to be the bearer of bad tidings for anybody who doesn't believe this. Sometimes you just have to do it. I don't like meeting with my accountant. It's the worst hour of every quarter in my business. I hate doing it. I'm the only one who can do it. My wife and I, she's our CFO. We meet with them together. Why? Because he saves us about $50,000 a year. So I had to figure it's worth four hours of my life. I sat or stood, I don't really ever sit, <laughs> but I stood typing AA, AB, AC, AD. I'm all the way up to NO right now. Eventually I'll get to ZZ top in my text messages. And then I'm sending them a message asking them, hey, we need to pick up an extra. We're doing great. Like right now, the book launch is going amazing. We're well in our way. We had a goal of 12,500 pre-orders and we're way ahead of schedule right now. My original goal was like a top 10 bestseller. I think number one's in sight. It's going to be tough because of who we're up against, but I think we could do it. I need to get an extra four or 5,000 sales. Do you have any ideas? Any strategies? Do you know anybody who might be a good partner? And it is literally the grunt work. I'm the only one who can send that. My assistant is... Out of the state, so he does not have access to my phone to be able to send these texts. And I'm sitting there just over and over. It is mindless work, mind-numbing, non-creative, grunt work. But I've received 40, 50 texts back so far going, dude, I'll mail to my list. Matt, I, have you do you know so and so? Let me introduce you. I just bought a copy. I just bought, we had one guy who's like, he just there's a bonus if you buy, he's like, I bought 50. He's like, I bought 50, man. I'm in. He's like, I'm all in. Whatever I can do. Who can I introduce you to? Who do you not have? Who do you already have? Whose podcast do you want to be on? These are the type of responses I'm going You go, is that worth it? Absolutely. Even though I hate doing it. I would much rather, I would rather do anything else. I'd rather watch cat videos on YouTube than this work. Like, but I'm doing it because it's worth it. And so that's the type of thing you have to do. And there are people where I, I type the letter, I type MI and I'm going, oh, that's a person, they're probably going to say no. They're probably not going to respond. What are they going to think of me when I said no? This is the most important thing in, in my business, maybe in my life, outside of my wife and kids, right now is this book launch. So what if he does say no? What if he does ignore it? Who cares? So I just wanted to say, like, sometimes you just got to do that. Sometimes it's that grunt work. Now the question well, you so asked- that's so
0: good. And let me just connect the dots yeah. for my uh, community that listens regularly. You all know, I just released an episode not too long ago with my best friend, Laura Meyer, on relationships right because Mm. she has this book that's called win-win that's all about relationships that's coming out which is kind of fascinating because it's a big merger with what you're doing and you're talking about this right now like this is not like random people that you're texting. This is the fruit of the relationships that you have built over many years of building a business very authentically and in integrity, because if you hadn't worked to build those relationships and then to maintain your reputation, the work that you were doing right now wouldn't have produced any fruit, but it just shows to your character and the way that you have showed up and you have served so many people over the years that now you're getting to this moment. That's your moment, right? This is your moment. When everybody else has had their moments and you've shown up for them, now it's your moment and you're not afraid to ask for people to show up for you and you're doing the work, right? You're doing the brave, hard, grunt work to ask and because of, you know, the years of work that you have put in, in serving and building relationships, this is paying off for you big time. So I want people to see that, like, you know, you can't just start randomly DMing people and asking them to, to buy your stuff or support your no, stuff. You no. got to show up for people you can first. You DM
1: your community and that can be done one by one. You can email them one by one. It converts a little bit better. Yeah. Like I said, start with the public post for if not, Oh no, the reason, let's say you have a thousand members, you do the public post, you might get a hundred boom like that. And you don't need to, I say, I don't, when I say waste your time, well, you got a hundred that's, Reduced the number of people you need to go one-on-one with by ten percent. You know, so please don't misunderstand me. Start with the public post, give that a week or so to run its course, then go to the one-on-one. Like I didn't start by going A A A B, you know, and so on. Like we did some mass emails, and my team worked on a, a bunch, and but these were people that my team didn't get. They don't know Jason Alberti, my affiliate manager. I mean, I'm not even my own affiliate manager anymore. They don't know Jason. So I'm like, no, it's time. Like we haven't heard back from them. Let's sue some personal text. I'm the only one, you know, and again, it's just, it's grunt work and you got to do it. So to answer your question though, like that is a misconception that uh, you got to get an Amy Porterfield. You're going to, you got to get somebody who can sell a thousand, sign up 500 members, 200 members. Got to go get the industry leader. You really don't. That is not how I built my first affiliate program. I built my first affiliate program back in 2005 from scratch. I knew nothing We could not make payroll in two weeks and we were completely desperate. And I went out and got a bunch of people who made $200, $300 worth of sales. And fast forward a year later, we're doing over a million dollars. We never had a single affiliate who made up more than six or 7% of our affiliate sales. You know, there's this myth. uh, I won't mention the name, but it's somebody that's, I respect. I've studied under, been fortunate enough to learn. He's forgotten more than I'll ever know. (laughs) you know, about (laughs) online marketing. And he said from stage at one of his events, 90% of your sales will come from your top three to five affiliates. And I was like, I looked over, we had a guy from our team there and my wife. I'm like, not when we run it. Yeah. You know, that seems like a really high risk proposition. I'm doing the math on that. Let's just go 30, 30, 30. That means if one of them quits, you lose 30% of your sales. That's not good.
0: Especially if you're only launching a couple times a year
1: or once a year. I'm like, that's not yeah. true. You look at the stats of the programs we run top affiliate, five, seven, 10, maybe 15% of sales, top 10 affiliates, 30% of sales, 35% of sales. That same guy that said that on stage, it was it was April, 2018. Last year became a client reached out to us and said, hey, we see what you're doing for Stu. We see what you're doing for others. Can you teach us what you're doing? How do we grow our program so it's not just the same 20 people year after year? Last year, they had their best launch in 11 years. This is a guy that's been around for a while. Best launch in 11 years. Almost, they were like five sales short. You know, this is like a four point something million dollar launch. They were like five sales short of their best launch ever. And it was overwhelmingly affiliates who made one to five, maybe 10 sales. They built what we call an army of affiliates. And so there's a couple of reasons why you want to do this. Number one, the risk is lower. You know, we talked about that. If you lose your top affiliate, it's like, darn it. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, we only lost 8%. No big deal. Secondly, here's the thing. The number one reason why people say don't work with small affiliates is they don't think it's worth the time. All right. So this person is only going to make me two sales. Let's just say that's $1,000. They're going to make me $2,000. I got to talk to them. I got to answer their emails. I got to set up their links. I got to make $2,000 and pay them 800, you know, or a thousand. I'm only going to profit a thousand bucks. Is it really even worth the time? Here's the thing. If you go get a hundred affiliates like that and you fast forward three to five years later, 80 of them are going to be, 50 of them are going to be about the same size, right? They're still going to be making two sales. Okay. Few of them are going to get out of the business. That's fine too. So basically we're neutral on like 50, 60 of them. But 20 of them are going to double or triple. Now they're making five, six sales. Is that worth it? It's about at, you know, it's about the worth it point. But here's the thing, five, 10 of those, Shanna, they're going to blow up. They're going to get on Oprah. They're going to get featured on whatever magazine or whatever TV show. They're going to discover some secret. Their ads are going to take off. They're going to start an affiliate program of their own. And they're going to go from a list of 2,500 people to 250,000 people. And they are always going to remember when you treated them like they were somebody. And we see this over and over. I work with so many people. Some of those people that I'm texting right now are people that when we brought them into the affiliate program for Michael Hyatt or Stu or Ray Edwards or Claire Diaz Ortiz or any of the people that we've worked with, they weren't somebody. Their own words, they were a nobody. They were a nobody. They weren't on a leaderboard. They, were, they finished 83rd in that launch. But me, my team and I, we treated them like they mattered. We taught them the same stuff. We responded to their emails in a timely manner. We got on the phone with them. We strategized with them. We helped them. And they still only made three sales. But fast forward today, they're making 50, 75 sales. And they remember when I treated them like that. It's happened a hundred times, maybe two hundred times. This is not like, oh, it's happened once and I'm using that as the one example. No, this has happened so many times, and I can't even count and they remember that, and they are loyal to, not only to me, but they're loyal to the affiliate program, they will promote that affiliate program no matter what happens. Every single year, they will promote that affiliate program, even when it's not in their best financial interest to do so. They will continue to promote it out of that sense of loyalty. So when you work with these small people, and you help them, and you teach them, and you build them up, and then you watch them grow, You fast forward a few years later, you've got a multi-million dollar affiliate program basically on people that three years ago nobody had ever even heard of.
0: Yeah, and not even that multiplying factor, but thinking about my world of retention and human psychology, we really desire to feel like we're contributing to a community. And so when I have the opportunity to share what I love and the communities that I love, and I'm able to invite other people into that, and they come in, and now I have a good friend, or I have somebody that I feel responsible to that's in this community, do you know what that does? That increases the likelihood of me staying in your community. So those that participate, I mean, I don't have the stats on this, but I could probably get them from some of my clients, but those that participate in affiliate programs probably have a higher retention rate overall in programs than those that don't participate because they... There's no way they don't. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm usually the data person. Like, I don't like to say things unless I have the data. But I'm like, there's just no way that somebody who is getting that kind of buy in and putting that kind of sweat equity if you will into your program and supporting your program and then now they're bringing people in and they feel connection and responsibility to those people and then it's like it's like the MLM business in a way it's not this way but you kind of feel responsible for the people your grandbabies right like the people that your people brought in so it builds this like web of connectedness that it has to be has to be a retention factor
1: I was thinking about this the other day my barber so he's just it's a single guy it's about an 18 20 minute drive for me it's not the most convenient place he's nice but he's not like the overwhelmingly nicest guy in the world does a great job please don't misunderstand me I never knew that barbers would like trim your eyebrows and just I didn't know that was the thing <laughs> with men, but he does and does like the the shaving and he's great you actually know the re- there's another master barber that just opened up that is two minutes down the road. Here's the only reason why I still continue to go to Greg. I haven't even tried the new barber because I've referred half a dozen people to Greg. There's that buy-in. Like, I can't not go to Greg because then if I start going, what's that going to look like? To You recommended this dude. Why are you not going to him anymore? And so there is a certain level of that. And with a membership, we didn't talk about this, but with any type of membership, a community, one of the best ways to frame the promotional side of it is not... commission, 30% commission, anything like that. Hey, refer three people, your membership's free. It's the same number. You could pay a 33.3% commission and it would mathematically work out the same for your company. But when you frame it as refer three people and get a free membership, the value shifts in their minds. And now, of course, they're going to (laughs) stay, you know, but it's free, you know, duh. But yeah, I, I guarantee you, like, that passes the smell test by about a million percent. If we did some study, I would bet the retention rate is north of 98% on people who are also affiliates. I mean, it's got to be like, if nothing else, they're just going, wow, that thing's making me $1,000 a month and I'm paying a hundred. Why would I leave? Because it's going to make, when my buyers go into it and they don't see me in there, that's disingenuous. And and there are times where you might leave. There's a program that I do promote that I have left the community. And the, the very simple reason is I've outgrown the community. It's a business mastermind. I'm way past that stage. and I. But I'm honest with them and I say, hey, I was a member for years and got so much value that it helped me grow and helped me outgrow it. I still recommend it, but you're not going to see me in there just so you know.
0: Yeah. And you're just being authentic about it. And I love that you talked about that framing piece, which I don't want people to miss because I think a lot of times the question is well, like, how do I mean, what do I give them for being an affiliate? If you've never run an affiliate program before, you know, depending on if it's a one time or if it's recurring revenue, it's often like 30 to 50% of whatever you're getting paid. You're turning around and you're giving it to this person as a thank you essentially for referring somebody into your program. And some people may think that's, an expensive buyer, but at the end of the day, if you're not getting on through affiliates, you're probably paying for ads. So it ends up balancing out pretty evenly when it comes to the investment that you're making to get that new person in your business. But when you're talking about community members, they don't understand affiliate. They don't understand, unless you're in in an online business, you're leading online business owners, they get it. But usually a typical community member is like, well, what is an affiliate program? I don't understand. But like you said, with the barber example, like they understand referrals and oftentimes you don't even have to have an affiliate system in, and to just ask people to tell other people, we do this with some of my clients before their launches. So let's say they have a challenge coming up. We'll say, hey, let's send a video, a personalized video out to everybody in our program. Let's let them know about the challenge that's happening and give them a specific ask. Like, hey, if you have a friend who's trying to do this, this, and this in 2023, invite them to come to this challenge. And when they join the program, what like you both are gonna get a free coaching session or participate in this free whatever. Like it could be something so simple. It doesn't have to be monetary. You don't have to have all these affiliate links set up. When we did this with my client, they did a like uh, they're trying to promote their one to one coaching. So it was like when you refer somebody in, you get a free one to one coaching session, they get a free one to one coaching session. And it was just like a special checkout page that people that were referred by a friend got and it tagged them in their system. And now they're able to email them to schedule that that one on one session. So there's lots of ways to set this up. It doesn't feel like you have to have like the complicated tech in the background, although it's really not that complicated, but you feel like you don't have to have all that or, or it's not like a 30%, but framing it up as a free membership or a free coaching session or, hey, you just get to participate and in this thank you event where I'm gonna go deep and answer your questions and I'm gonna give you the behind the scenes of X, Y, and Z, which I never do, but because you were an affiliate, because you told people about this program, I'm gonna let you participate in this particular event. You can do any type of incentive and you know your people best. So don't just follow what everybody else does. Like look at what your community responds to and create a program that makes sense for them. But also keep in mind the tech, it's not super complicated and depending on the size of your business, like you can just bring, like Matt has a whole team. If you work with Matt when it comes to affiliate stuff, you're like, here's my program, help me. And he brings a whole team of people in that come and partner with you and help you not only build out your plan, for how you're going to have an affiliate system during your launch, but they actually help you manage that and support people and help you nurture that community of affiliates during the launch, which I think is really special and unique that you do that. You don't just give them the plan. You actually have a powerhouse agency behind it that can help fulfill on all of that as
1: well. We do have an amazing team and and you made an important distinction. Like I would say 10% of the programs that we run, we don't call them affiliate programs. You know, they're in a niche where calling it an affiliate program doesn't make sense. Stu's, it's all people who do online marketing. 99.9% of them know what an affiliate program is. So we call it an affiliate program. In the parenting niche, we'll, we typically we call it something like, yeah, referral program or ambassador program. I'm trying to think some of the other ones. We've had some where they had like a specific name. They call their community a specific name and we've done a play on that. So I would, yeah, maybe upwards of even 15% of, of the clients that we've worked with we didn't even call it an affiliate program because that didn't make sense. So call it whatever makes sense. The technology on the back end, it's an affiliate program. But yeah, you don't have to call it an affiliate program. But yeah, I mean, thank you because we've got got—we've you know, got an amazing team. I mean, this is, you know, it's what we do. <laughs> this is what we do. We have an awesome team who who comes in and takes over everything. You don't have to do this yourself. Like you don't have to figure out this one. This is a lesson. It took me a long time to learn, but I finally learned it about 10 years ago. We hear so many people like, oh, I can't figure out ClickFunnels." Then don't figure out ClickFunnels. Go find somebody who already knows. I think it was Dan Sullivan released a book last year, or the year before, called "Who Not How." I've been saying that for nine years now. Yeah. Stop asking how. Like, get rid of the DIY mindset. When I watch the like the DIY, you know, when I watch shows like Chip and Joanna, my wife and I are addicted to those. I am not thinking, man, I'd really like to be able to learn how to do that. I'm going, who can I call in Fort Wayne, Indiana, that can just make the stuff look like that? Do you think I'm going out? We're getting ready to do like a $125,000 remodel of our house. Like it's the, everything the new front porch, new siding, brand new kitchen, whole new, adding a room. There's not a room that's not going to be touched. The only thing that's not going to be touched is the one closet. We're not touching that one closet. <laughs> you know? don't, so Don't touch that. Do you think that I'm going to be like look Googling how to put up siding? No, because I will kill myself. I will actually die doing it. I don't touch electrical stuff. I'm the least handy person on earth and I'm not afraid to admit it. Other people enjoy doing it. I don't. So if you're beating your head against the wall, trying to figure out click funnels or trying to figure out the stuff, just stop doing it. Go find somebody else. Easiest way to do this, I've seen you do it. And I love this because I love when people do this. You go to this website, you probably heard of it. It's called Facebook. Stop going to Google to find out how to do stuff and go to Facebook. There's a difference. Google will teach you how to do it. There's actually a problem with that. Now you have to do it. Versus Facebook, you can find somebody who has the solution. You had a post within the past like two weeks that I remember. And I, I remember going, I wish I knew the answer to that, but I don't. Yeah. So... Hopefully somebody else does, Shanna.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: And that's how you solve problems. And so, yeah, and something like this, you don't have to do it yourself. I can teach you. We got a million resources on my website to teach you how to set up an affiliate program, how to run it, how to find affiliates, and I'll share one at the end that people can go to. Since we ended up going so far down that direction, would love to share that. But the best way is go find somebody who's you know been doing this for collectively over a hundred years, you know, with our team. And let them put their expertise. And that applies to anything, whether it be siting on your house or in your click funnels in your business, or oh I hate writing email copy, but don't write your email copy. Yeah. There are people called copywriters who will do it for you and they're really, really good at it. So go find somebody.
0: Is that part of you know, when we talk about turning your passion into profits, is that part of, you know, one of the secrets for you in building a business that you really love is not feeling like you have to know it all and and do it all and I'm curious about that. And I'm also curious about affiliate systems for many people feel like a new thing, right? It feels like, oh, like affiliate systems, that's that's really hot and new. And we should all be a a part of that new as in like the last decade or whatever, five years. 30 years. But yeah, but it's like (laughs) affiliates are just people that tell other people about what you're doing, which has been happening since the dawn of time, right? So that's nothing new. Romans. So how like- Romans were doing it. I know, exactly. So it's like, how did you end up having this be what you became known for, and building this business that you love, like you're known for affiliates, you love this business. I'm just so curious, because I know my story. And I know everybody else has a story like that, that they can tell that's like, I mean, I didn't like kindergarten when they asked when I wanted to be when I grew up, I wasn't like, I want to be a community and retention specialist. Yeah. And I don't think you were like, I want to run an affiliate agency. <laughs> so how, how did you end up here? Yeah,
1: I wanted to be an astronaut. I really did. I thought I was going to space and then I, then I thought I'd be a, a basketball player. And then I thought I'd, I, I did, I was a professional golfer for a couple of years, but that didn't work out. And yeah, you know, I started a business with a couple of friends of mine back in 2005. I remember it was, it was Saturday and Memorial day weekend, 2005. For those of you outside of the United States Memorial day, like I'm supposed to be at a cookout all weekend. I am supposed to wake up Tuesday morning smelling like barbecue. I'm supposed to have fun I did not have fun, but it completely changed the course of my life because we were like, we were desperate. I mentioned earlier, we were broke. We could not make payroll in two weeks. We were literally meeting that afternoon, doing the equivalent of like trying to buy a car with finding change in your couch cushions, you know, and going through your pants pockets and- Yeah. It feels impossible. Raising 10 bucks at a time. Well, we could find like $10 here and $50, $100 here. And it was like, I was like, guys, what about like affiliates? What is that? I don't know. Like I read an article about it and I think it's, I think I understand it. Or like, well, how do we do that? Like, I don't know. There was no affiliate guy back then. You know, there was not a podcast that had over 500 episodes talking about how to do affiliate programs. There was no nothing back then. I, there was like one blog post And like a forum that talked about it. So I kind of made it up, which meant that I screwed up a bunch of stuff, but I got really lucky and we had some opportunities and I started reaching out to people. I I got on the AOL Instant Aim. I got on Aim and messaged our developer (laughs) who was in Moldova. I said, listen, I can't pay you anything for this project, but here's what I can do. If you can build me an affiliate program, there was no out of the box stuff. There are hundreds of solutions today. There were none back then. I said, if you can build this for me by Monday morning, I'll give you ten percent of everything it brings in. He was in a third world country, ended up making a lot of money, ten percent of the profits, just to be clear. So, but we were paying him fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a month, you know, which was about fifteen to twenty times more than he'd ever made in a month, you know. And I'm like, can you build this? He's like, I think I can. He, I kid you not, he worked like thirty-eight of forty hours and built this whole thing from scratch. I started getting affiliates. We reached out. I had a guy named Brandon Miller. He's from Western North Carolina. Hey, Matt, it's Brandon. He'd call me up. And I if he called me today, I'd still know who he is. Got a guy named Lev Berinsky. He, was, he sold hot dogs outside of Ohio Stadium after uh, Ohio State games. But he was also an insurance agent in Columbus, Ohio. And he was generating leads from in Ohio. But occasionally, somebody from Kentucky, Indiana, Michigan, or Pennsylvania would sneak up. and say, hey, can you send us all of those leads? He said, yeah. I started reaching out to all of our competitors' affiliates. And I was just... I was doing exactly what we still do to this day. Hey, I saw that you were promoting such and such. Would you be interested in promoting us? That's the short version. It's a little bit different language. We we tweak it and make it better. And then I didn't hear from him by Wednesday. So I followed up on Thursday. I was desperate. I didn't have a choice. Like We recommend waiting eight to 10 days now. I couldn't wait eight to 10 days. Like I couldn't pay people in eight to 10 days. So I'd follow up on Thursday. We did like 10,000 from our affiliates in the first couple of weeks. Now, I do not recommend what I'm about to ship. Please, please don't do this. We screwed up and we got lucky and it worked out. That $10,000 we made, we owed them some of that, but we used it to pay our team. Don't recommend doing it. This is a do as I say, not as I do moment here. I'm just being 1 million percent. Lessons change. learned. Lessons learned. And we floated that money, but then we made enough the next week that we're actually able to pay the affiliates, which is okay. Woo, deeper And our team and we made it by and then we got it up to about $200,000 a month, about seven, eight months later. And we had this moment. But there's a book I'm listening to. What the heck is the book called? It is called Great by Choice by Jim Collins. So it's one of the follow-ups to uh, Good to Great, which is one of the all-time best business books ever. And he talks about luck. I bookmarked it. I'm listening to it, so I don't remember the exact quote, but he basically said, everybody has luck, good luck, bad luck. It's how we react to that luck and what we do with that luck. Our biggest competitor got bought by a publicly traded company. first reaction, we're going out of business soon. They're going to run up the cost of ads. They're going to put us out of business. They just got bought by a multi-billion dollar behemoth we're bringing in $150,000 a month, you know, $200,000 a month, all from affiliates. They can pay more. They had enough money that they could tell all of our affiliates, we'll pay you twice as much, just enough to put us out of business and then lower what they pay them. Right. They could destroy us if they wanted to. And I said, guys, what if there's a flip side to this? After about five days of whining and moping and basically updating my resume to go work for somebody, I'm not saying I immediately went, looks, look at the bright side. No, I was yeah. totally- You're
0: like, let me eat some ice cream first, then we'll be okay.
1: Oh yeah. I pounded some Ben & Jerry's by the carton. <laughs> and so the little, <laughs> one, just to be clear, not the big one. And so I, um, I was like, guys, what if we reached out to all of their affiliates and said, hey, You may have heard that such and such company got bought by so-and-so. They're a big publicly traded company and I'm just going to be honest, they're going to treat you like a number, not a person. So you're an affiliate for them. I can't pay you more, but I can pay you the same. I can match their commissions. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to respond to you. Here's my personal cell phone number. I'm going to be there for you. Happy to get in a call anytime. I knew for a fact that they never called their affiliates one-on-one. It was all email and they signed their affiliates, the affiliate team at such and such. Don't ever do that, by the way. Sign it with a name. People don't like emails from corporate entities. They like them from people. Like my mom doesn't sign her emails by her full name and her title and all that. She signs them mom or your mother when she's a little bit either really happy with me or really mad at me. It's usually <laughs> And so my mom doesn't email me, but you know what I'm saying? Anyway, you know, I was like, we can be the personal company overnight. I am talking within a month. We went from about 200,000 to over half a million. And so that was the moment when we started getting recognized. I started getting awards. People saw how we ran our affiliate program. He does a great job. Why did I do a great job? It's not like I knew what I was doing. I did a great job because we made the t- made sure the technology worked. Was it the best? Probably not. But did it function? Yes. Secondly, I got on the phone. I talked to people. I strategized with them. I helped them. I told them what was working, what we found that was working. If ads worked, I shared the ads with them. I told them, here are my ideas. I was super cool. I was super chill. I was responsive. And I was invested in their success. And so I started getting recognized, you know, after... Four times, you know, one affiliate manager of the year. Then it just kind of made, it took on a life of itself because eventually people were like, "Matt, you've got to start teaching this stuff. You got to like start helping people with this stuff." And and there's a story in the book. I'm I'm going to shift gears here just because it it leads to this. Sorry, I'm yeah. t- taking over here. No, we're good. <laughs> but there's a story in the book where I write about where I talk about kind of the impact that we can have in interesting niches, like we think. Like my message doesn't matter. I can't change the world with that. I won Affiliate Manager of the Year four times. I built multiple multi-million dollar affiliate programs. We've worked with people like, at that time we had not worked with Tony Robbins and Jeff Walker, but at that time we'd worked with Michael Hyatt, Lewis Howes, Brian Tracy, Jeff Goins, you know, some really cool people. And I'd run the affiliate programs for Shutterfly and Adidas and companies like that. They're like, you got to teach this stuff, man. I'm like, I don't want to be the affiliate guy. I can't I can't I just don't want to be the affiliate guy. I want to change the world. I want to I want to teach personal growth and leadership. This is what I was blogging about. And I was changing people's lives. I was getting emails all the time, like Matt, this changed my life. I quit my job and got in a much better one. I I got a promotion. My family's better. All these. a sudden I'm like, this is what I'm meant to do. Like, this is changing the world. And then one day I, I was on a call with our friend Dana Abraham. And I was on with Dana. love
0: Dana. I had a
1: launch coming up in a couple of weeks. I was like, And she was stressing about the affiliates. I was like, Dana, do you need help with it? Like, can I help you? It's only two weeks out. I don't have enough time to really do everything that we would normally do, but can I help? And I did it personally. I didn't involve my team at all. Gave her a crazy discount just because it was so short. All I did, Shanna, all I did was get on some calls with 25, 30 affiliates. I did some trainings. I emailed back and forth with them. I strategized with them. I got on calls with some of their affiliates. And they had one affiliate who had a goal of five that did over 40 sales. They had another affiliate who last time they made zero, she made 17. Their top affiliate went from like 30 to 65 sales. And they had a bunch of people who'd never made a sale before make three, four, five, seven, ten 10 sales, right? Previous launch was like 125,000. This one was almost 300,000. And I'm going, man, I changed like, that's cool. I changed a business. I changed an entrepreneur's life. That's what I do As I change entrepreneurs' lives. I'm like, the impact I had was on her and about 20 affiliates. Cool. I was super pleased. And I'm walking down the stairs one night and we'd had, I remember I got halfway down the stairs and I don't know what, but it like hit me like a ton of bricks. I I don't know how I actually stayed on the stairs. And this thought hit me. We had just had one of those peaceful bedtimes. Like we have two kids, eight out of 10 nights, they're kind of fighting and they're, you know, they're arguing. And one of them isn't screaming at the other. And one of them gets pushed off the bed and then one of them stomps into their room, and it's not because they're bad kids or we're bad parents, it's because they're seven and eleven, you know, and it's a boy and a girl. So that's just normal, is what I've heard. I thought it maybe I was a bad parent, but it doesn't. But this night it was so peaceful. Like 35 minutes. Did our devotional time, we prayed together, gave them big hugs, we did a couple other things, kisses, hugs. They got in bed. I'm walking down the stairs and I went, Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Oh my gosh. There are hundreds of other people, parents and families having that same experience tonight. Dana's course is called Calm the Chaos. You know, that helps parents who, well, to calm the chaos in their homes. And I went, there are other people having that same experience tonight because I taught people affiliate marketing because I ran an affiliate program. I didn't teach people like this big thing. I didn't solve, I didn't find the cure for cancer. I didn't teach people how to run a better company. I I just... I did this like the most meaningless thing in the world is what I thought affiliate marketing, but it's my jam. I ran an affiliate program. I didn't do anything big and I was like, Oh my gosh, that had an impact. There are hundreds of people tonight having the same experience because of what I did. And so we named my podcast, the affiliate guy, not because of branding, although it's turned into that. I wish I could say I was super smart. Now, oh, wait, if I name it the affiliate guy, then people are going to introduce me as the affiliate guy. And that's going to make like, no, I'm not that smart. I named it the affiliate guy because I had said so many times, I don't want to be the affiliate guy that I named my podcast. that as a daily reminder, dude, (laughs) like this is what you were called to do. This is where you're going to have an impact. And this is where you're going to be able to change the world in this weird little way by teaching people how to set up affiliate programs and do affiliate marketing and make their first dollar online and all those things. So anyway, long story short, (laughs) that's how I ended up in this place where I'm teaching people how to do this stuff and how to start and grow a, a business online now.
0: Well, it's so powerful because what you're talking about is the ripple effect. And we talk about that a lot on this podcast where you never know the impact that you're going to have on somebody's life. But when we, especially on the community side of things, when we create a space for people to show up fully, they feel like they belong and they show up more fully in the world. Mm -hmm. And you're doing that. Like you're inviting people into these communities. You're inviting people into the next chapter of their life in a way by teaching them affiliate marketing and supporting their businesses and helping them grow their businesses. And I'm so curious, like as we start to wrap up here, if you had to give one piece of advice to the person who is listening to this right now, and maybe you're listening to this because you like my community advice or whatever it might be, maybe you know Matt, but maybe you're sitting with an online business and you're going, I can't say that. Like, I don't feel the impact or I don't love what I'm doing. I don't love this life that I've created with my online business what would you say to that person that's either like, I've been wanting to start an online business and I just haven't moved forward or like I've done it and here I am and I just don't feel like I'm in alignment. What would you hmm. recommend to them? How would, how would they start to get on that direction where, like you say in your book, like your passions are turning into profits?
1: You know, for me, it centers around an interesting word, which is leadership. So at the beginning of the chapter on leadership. Uh, so that's step two in the book. So step one is clarify who you help and we walk you through how to get clear in your passion and develop your ideal customer avatar. Step two is called commit to leading. And let me see if I, I'm going to pull it up on my screen here. The beginning of step two, cause I don't want to, I don't want to say a quote and then butcher the quote, but it's from John Maxwell and John Maxwell says you don't need a title, be a leader. That's multiple attribution, but he said, leadership is influence three words, three words. Anybody can remember that, right? It's like Jesus wept. You know, it's the one Bible verse that anybody can remember. Leadership is influence. And so this term leadership, like once you commit to being a leader, it opens up everything else. Like when you see yourself as a leader, like this is a big misconception that I have with people is like, your people follow you. They see you as a leader. Like you're their fill in the blank. So you're their Stu McLaren. You're their Amy Porterfield you know, you're their John Maxwell, you're their Tony Robbins. Like, nah, I'm not on the same level as him. No, to my people who come to me for this, like, that's me. And it was like this mind blowing thing to realize, like, that's what they came to me for. They see me as a leader. So my recommendations hold a lot of weight. When I recommend an affiliate product, it holds a lot of weight. When I recommend my own product, it holds Like, that's what they came to me for. They see me that way. And it can be really tough to get that through our heads, part of it is we don't see ourselves as leaders. We don't see ourselves being far enough ahead. You know, there's two quotes I share in the book that I have repeated so many times over the past, like eight years that I've memorized them along with Jesus wept. <laughs> the first one is from John Acuff says, never compare your beginning to someone else's middle. And the other one's from uh, a pastor in Charlotte named Stephen Furtick says the reason that people struggle with insecurity is, It's because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reels. Oh, we think we suck as parents because, you know, so-and-so has got their kids on there and they look, do you think that they're putting on Instagram when their kid called them that name? Do you think they're putting on Instagram or Facebook? Oh, their kids never get, their kids are so healthy. No, really, their kids have been sick a couple of times. I hate to break this to you and to be so crass, but their kids have probably spent a night on the toilet. All right. But they're not posting that on Instagram. So we see their highlight reel. We see their highlight reels in businesses. We don't see, I mentioned click funnels. We don't see all the times they bang their head against the table. Part of that is that was seven years ago. That was 10 years ago. They're in the middle of it. You're comparing your beginning to that. And so this idea of leadership, like we feel like we have to be so far ahead of our audience. We feel like we have to to be two miles down the road. And this is one of the examples that it's really resonated with people in the book that I've heard, you know, people who've read an advanced copy have been like, oh my gosh, that finally made sense to me. As I say, like, imagine you've got this friend, like your super fit friend, you know, this is like the friend, he's always been in shape. He wears bike shorts everywhere, even like to do a cookout, nobody knows why. Jogs in place, like he's really annoying, smells like suit mix all the time. And so you're on a hike with him, dangerous hike and he's two miles up ahead, and he's yelling back at you, hey, hurry up and watch out. Watch out for what? Dude, I've never been on this hike before. I've never been on this journey. I've never started an online business. I've never started a community. What am I supposed to watch out for? That's not leadership. We think we have to be two miles up ahead. So Tony Robbins is two miles ahead of me. Now, can he lead me from there? Absolutely, if he knows how. But we think we have to be there. The reality is you only have to be one step ahead. That same super fit friend who's still kind of learning the way, Who's one step ahead reaches back and grabs my hand and says, "Hey, there's a hole here. Watch out for it or you'll die." That's leadership. I'd rather have that than somebody yelling at me from two miles ahead. And so when we realize we've only got to be one step ahead, and then we make a commitment to leadership like in the book at the end of chapter two about leadership, a commitment I' don't even know where my daughter stole my other copy of the book. that's why I don't have it. <laughs> I'm like, where's my books? My daughter's backpack right now. she stole my prop.
0: <laughs> so you're, you're like, she stole the prop. She's like, dad, I'm trying to read your dad. book.
1: And well, she is. She was reading it. She's actually sold some books. Believe it or not. I should give her an affiliate link. Um, I'm being serious. She sold books like she'll be reading it. and people ask me like, yeah, my dad wrote it and they're like, Oh, I'll go buy a copy. Anyway. But at the end of chapter two is a leadership commitment. It's a full page. You fill it out and you're committing to just be the leader. You only got to be one step ahead. You're committing to the whole process that we walk you through in the book to committing to be a leader. If I could, you said just one thing, it would be make that commitment, like be a leader. Realize you already are a leader, that leadership is a choice, like make the choice to be a leadership. That's all it is. There are, it requires a willful commitment because there are literally like somebody out there. I don't know who it is. It could be one person, could be 10 people, could be thousands, potentially millions of people out there right now are waiting for you to guide them. Your followers need you to guide them. They are waiting for you to reach out your hand to grab theirs and show them where to go. So be that person.
0: Well, Matt, this has been so good. I am so grateful to you for sharing, not just like the tactical pieces of how people can turn their community members into great referral partners and affiliates, but for really sharing your heart behind your business and for letting us see your passion and why you do what you do and why you, instead of writing a, how to affiliate guide, you decided to put into words what you've experienced and what you've walked through all these years and building your own business to inspire other people to do the same. So thank you so much for coming and for hanging out with me and my community. Tell me how people can get in touch with you. I know that you spout wisdom like this all the time on your podcast. So tell us about the podcast. Tell us where we can get the book. And I know there's going to be some people that are like, how do I get him and his team to help me with affiliate stuff? So Uh, depending on what you need, Matt has the answer. He's going to tell you right now and it's all going to be in the show notes too.
1: Okay. So guys, use the show notes because I am breaking every rule of marketing. I'm going to give multiple calls to action (laughs) because we went in a few different directions. So the first one, yeah, check out the podcast, the Affiliate Guide podcast. For some of you, that's a great starting place. For others, you is a little bit too advanced, you're not ready for that. If you want to learn where to find affiliates, go to mattmcwilliams.com forward slash first one hundred. So F I R S T one zero zero. I've got a report there where you can learn where to find affiliates. There's 15 different places and walks you through. There's some email templates in there about how to reach out as well. So go grab that. So first place podcast, second place there. Third thing, of course, if you know if you're especially if you're in the early stages to mid stages of your business, or even, I mean, I've heard from so many people. There's seven-figure business owners. And I said, Matt, I read the first chapter, and I was on the the customer avatar, and I went, Oh my gosh, I've done a terrible job of that. And I got clarity and the commitment to leading, and all of the steps through the book. We walk you through how to capture attention, how to build a community. It's not at the level that Shanna talks about. Just to be clear, it's a little bit more rudimentary stuff. But then also how to monetize, how to monetize your message and how to build that consistent content and rhythm to your business so that you're not just like, Hey, I did hundred thousand this year. And then next year you do 10, you know, that's not what we want. That's not what we're going for. And this is not turn your passions into profit once it's turn your passions into a sustainable, sustainably profitable business. If you want to grab a copy of the book, you can grab it anywhere. Target, Amazon, Walmart. If they sell books, they sell mine, but the best place is passions into profits, book.com forward slash Shanna. I know that's a long URL, Shannon will put in the show notes for you, but go there because there's tons of extra bonuses. We've got an email marketing masterclass. Uh, These are all free. Uh, We've got the ideal customer avatar training more in depth than what we could put in the book. We've got all kinds of other stuff there, but huge training vault that are for your listeners, Shanna. So make sure you guys go grab the book through there. Again, you can grab it through any of the major retailers. It'll have you go over there, but just go there because then you can claim all those awesome bonuses.
0: Well, Matt, thank you so much for hanging out with us. I know I am definitely gonna get the first 100 guide because I'm looking to do affiliates for my course in 2023. So that's a big focus for us. And I'm excited to read the book too, because just like you said, We all need to be constantly getting to know our avatar or our community or customer. We all need to be understanding those foundational principles of leadership because I talk about this all the time, but leadership is essential for safety. And if you don't have safety, you can't create connection. You can't build trust. You can't have loyal customers. So I'm so grateful for you for coming. And I know we're going to hang out again soon. So thanks for having me. Hey, friend. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe. Then do me a favor and leave a review letting me know what you want to hear more of. To learn more about the show or connect with me, head to shanalin.com. That's S-H-A-N-A-L-Y-N-N.com. Until next time. Hey, if you're serious about creating a thriving online community, then you need to really understand the four foundations of every thriving community. I'm going to teach it to you in a free seven minute training. That's right. It's just seven minutes. You don't even have to give me your email address to get access. All you have to do is go to freecommunitytraining.com or DM me the word training over on Instagram to get access.